Hey ladies and gentlemen, losers and other losers alike, uh, Juan Sanchez here coming at you with the 33rd episode of the Million Ex-Girlfriends podcast, and today's episode is actually brought to you by me, Million Ex-Girlfriends, because I'm awesome. Yeah, I always, I never plug my social, I mean, I do occasionally plug my social medias, but also like, I don't like being that kind of person, so like... I'm gonna take the opportunity to do that now and say check out my Instagram and my Twitter at uh, MillionXGirlfriends. You can also find MillionXGirlfriends on Facebook. But yeah, with that being said, with that being done and gotten out of the way, I want to jump right into today's episode. So I'm recording this on Monday, June 1st, 2020, and it's hot as hell. This is the sixth or seventh day of riots following the wake of uh, George Floyd. And I made a video about that called Cookies and Cream, and I posted that. Uh, it's nothing special. You know, I'm not doing anything. I'm just kind of talking about how I feel about it, being a, being a person who's, you know, being a person who is white, but like being a person who looks white, but doesn't identify as white. So, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that on today's episode, but that recent event and the riots did inspire me to watch the movie Do the Right Thing again, and it, despite the presence of things like uh, payphones and uh, a radio station DJ and uh, Radio Rahim's boombox, the message, the movie holds up pretty well as far as like the message and the attitudes of people and stuff like that. Um, you know, the movie takes place in, in Bed-Stuy, New York, which is a, it's a sort of rundown part of the city. Um, doesn't doesn't look too too pretty. There's like the occasional tree or a, or a patch of grass here and there, but. Uh, yeah, it centers on basically what happens in like a in like a six to ten block radius. This small town. Uh, Spike Lee is the main character, Mookie, but he's not really like like he's kind of like the character we see the world through. And um, it's it's the first thing I want to make sure to point out is. There is some, there are a few white characters in the movie. There's a couple of cops and uh, other extras who are played kind of arch and broad as far as their whiteness and their ignorance goes. But then there's the Italians who run Sal's Pizzeria. Sal and his two sons, Pino and Vito, both played by Jonathan Turturro and some other guy from the 90s. Everyone forgot. But Sal, Pino, and Vito are all complex, multi-layered people. Now, Sal does kind of have a distaste for the people in the area, in the neighborhood of where his pizzeria is, but he, he, he plays it from like a businessman, like practical perspective, like, oh, extra cheese is $2 and you can't put extra Parmesan on there, Giancarlo Esposito. 
I think my mustache hairs are growing into my nose because something keeps irritating me and I can't, oh my god, it's had such a hard time to live with it. But, yeah, yeah, so, so, so Sal, uh, the, basically the point I'm trying to get to is he's very multi-layered and complex and even though Jonathan Turturro's character is, is very hateful, very spiteful towards the people around him, um, talk about how much he hates the people in the area, calling them the N-word more than one time. Um, you know, Sal tries to, he, he, he's aware that he's not a good person, but he also wants his sons to be better than him. Um, he, he, and he never has to say that for, for you to realize that. It just, you realize that through the acting and the writing. My dog's flipping out. She likes to do that. Someone's probably walking by or something. But yeah, so Sal's kind of a piece of shit, and he knows it, but he wants his kids to be better, and he tries to, like, he tries to pretend to be better, to give them a good example, but then at the very end, when Radio Rahim's in there blasting the music and bugging out, yelling at him, he starts to drop in the hard N-word quick, and then all the black people who are in the restaurant at the moment, you know, they go, oh, so we're that now? And at that point, there's no redemption for Sal. Um, everything that happens from that point uh, to him is sort of his fault. Like, he brought it on himself. He brought all these issues on everyone, everything that happens in the end of that movie. But yeah, I think that's a very good movie to watch. Movie about, you know, escalating racial tensions and stuff like that. A movie about uh, systemic racism. But told from the perspective of the street. You know, it's it's told from it's not some complex uh, uh, a bullshit thing that like goes into like political, you know, it, it, that goes into like political intrigue or something. It's it's a it's a movie about systemic racism, this systemic and social and class, you know, disparity. Uh, but but it's but it's told from the point of view of, of the street, you know. And the last, the I do want to say again, I mentioned earlier. Spike Lee's technical, the technical aspects of his filmmaking are very intriguing. Um, I mean, just point to any part of the movie and there's always something creative going on, whether it's a handheld camera tracking a character from a third person perspective and then switching into a first person perspective so someone can talk to the camera and then switching back to the third person perspective all in one take. There's interesting stuff like that in there. Um, every time the mayor talks to the mother's sister, there's always like shot reverse shots and they're hardly ever in the same shot. And then at the very end of the movie, there's a scene where they're both standing together in frame and it's a very powerful looking image. It's so fucking cool looking. There's like a zoom dolly thing. It's just a very good looking movie. I mean, this movie's very, this movie's very, I was about to say pretty looking. It is pretty looking, you know, I mean, the colors are highly saturated and warm and stuff like that. It kind of offsets some of the ugliness of what's actually going on, that a lot of these people don't have money. A lot of these people are getting pushed around and they don't have opportunity and they're just hanging out in the hot-ass sun all day and they're all just trying to fucking get by. It's a, it's a beautiful movie. And in the scene, in the scene escalating towards the final riot scene, what I was just telling you about where bugging out is yelling at Sal, Every shot in the in the pizzeria when they're trying to close, when everyone's yelling, 
is a shot reverse shot. Every, it's a shot reverse shot. Of course it's a shot reverse shot. Every shot is a Dutch angle. Like, and it's a perfect example of how to use that. It's not cheap, and he's not doing it for style. He's not doing it to cover up uh, a technical shortcoming. He's doing it to capture, a, a Dutch angle is meant to capture tension. And he's trying to show it from as many angles as possible. He's showing people from below, he's showing people from above, he's showing people from like side, like he's, he's not just tilting the camera and, and using that as an excuse for an interesting image. Um, yeah, yeah, Do the Right Thing is a very good movie. Uh, I first watched it when I was like nine or 10 or 11, somewhere in there. And even though like at the time, it didn't make me want to get up, grab a camera and make a movie, I'm definitely, it, 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 it is one of those things like alongside like a Kevin Smith or like a Judd Apatow, where it has this like natural humanistic people hanging out and shooting shit kind of like atmosphere to it. Those are the movies I like a lot, when it's just people hanging out doing shit. And that's what makes Do the Right Thing so acceptable, is it's not just a movie about racial tensions. It's a movie about people hanging out and doing shit in the midst of all that. It is fucking brilliant. I give it four stars. Um, I also forgot to mention the special ed character, Smiley. Everybody kind of like uh, uh, talks shit to him and kind of like pushes him around and gives him a hard time uh, the whole movie. But then at the end, he seems to be one of the only people who's actually like aware, fully aware of what's going on in the chaos of the riot situation. Um, I'm just gonna, I mean, fuck it, I'm gonna spoil the movie. It's 31 years old anyway, so you should have seen it by now. But Radio Rahim gets killed by white cops. And just in case you miss it, um, fucking one of the cops who shows up on the scene as backup is a black female cop. And Smiley is saying in, in like the chaos of everything, he's yelling out, one of the cops was black. And that was very poignant to me because the whole movie Smiley's just because because of the way the movie's presented you see Smiley the way everybody else kind of sees him you just kind of see him as like this dude who walks around and it's, it's kind of loud and not perceptive of his surroundings and he annoys people because he's he's special ed he's got some kind of problem and it's the fucking ghetto you know you didn't have the best special ed care especially in the late 80s for fucking special ed people but then at the very end, again, he's the only person who's aware of what the fuck's going on. He's aware of the fact that one of the cops is black and he's trying to, you know, tell people what's going on. Um, you know, he, he's like, you know, it, it's like, it pains him to say it. Like, he's like crying. One of the cops is black. And then during the riot scene in Sal's place, he's the one who sets the place on fire. And the whole reason the thing started was because bugging out and Radio Rahim were both yelling at Sal about getting pictures of black people up on the wall with all the Italians. And Smiley puts a picture of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X up on the very end, like he, he smiles. And yeah, I mean, I, I really I really like the Smiley character now as, as like an adult, like I, I get it now. Now that like I fully get it. Rest in peace, George Floyd. Rest in peace, Ahmaud Arbery, Trayvon Martin. misfortune of not being accepted in this country. 
and I just realized that this shirt has green on it and it might get caught in the key. So I apologize if this looks terrible. I don't even know what I'm gonna put back there yet. By the time you're watching it, I'll have obviously decided for the first, whatever, 10 minutes. I need a pen so I can cross off my list. Oh. Okay, well, <clears throat> so the next thing I wanna talk about is my quarantine failures. What I wanted to do, you know, goals I set, things I wanted to accomplish. And I wanted to accomplish a lot of things. And I accomplished nothing. Exercising, writing, making more videos, stuff like that. And um, I just couldn't hold myself to any of them. And on the one hand, I want to go off on some tangent about how being cooped up inside is, is emotionally kneecapping and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, you were inside for 80 days or however long, you know, you might still be inside now. I know I don't necessarily want to go out, but I feel the need to. But, uh, yeah, just everything, everything is sucked. Um, I watch a lot of productivity YouTubers, Matt Devella, Better Ideas, Captain Sinbad, and I feel shitty because they just make all that, they just, they just look so good. They make everything they do look so good. But like they make it, they make it like uh, just their videos are so good, their routines, how to like you know build habits and stuff like that. And the next thing that I want to talk about is I'm gonna do a little bit of a, of a rant about pop culture stuff because no one's ever seen a white guy with dark hair rant about pop culture, right? But I have a big problem with the Alien movies. Here's my problem. There's more than one. And I'm not saying that some kind of like sideways kind of like, you know, looking down my nose at people who like the alien movies kind of way. The first movie is a very good movie. It's, it's logical, it's self-contained, it makes a lot of sense. Aliens is a fun action movie, yes. And both Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection have some fun bits in them. However, here's here's my biggest problem. So it's the life cycle of the alien. It's the life cycle of the xenomorphs. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Because when they first discover the pods in Alien, they're just these things on the ground. They have no idea where they came from. Thing busts out, grabs the British dude, plants a baby alien in his, in, in his chest, bursts out. And then by the time you get to Aliens 2, you have the Queen Alien. Now this is where things, this is where things start to like, you know, this is where this is where things start to wheat, chaff my wheat or whatever. This is where I start to get upset because presumably, like a queen alien, like has sex with like a drone xenomorph or something. I don't know. I'm just assuming that's the way these things are based on like insects and stuff. I'm not a big alien lore person, so. But I assume a queen has sex with like a drone xenomorph. And then she lays the pods that produce the face huggers, which hatch and grab onto people's faces, and then plants an alien inside of them. Hey, why not just give birth to an alien? Why not just give birth to a baby xenomorph? Why not skip the middleman? That would be like if human beings fucking gave birth 
to like a, a, a sack to like an embryo or something and then had to fucking shove it up an elephant's ass or some stupid shit. It's just so fucking stupid. And that's the reason why there shouldn't be alien sequels. Because, again, first movie, logical, self-contained, it's fine. But then if you make sequels to movies like that, eventually you get fucking Prometheus and Alien Covenant. And now, I haven't seen Prometheus, but I've seen bits and pieces of it, and it seems alright. You know, it seems like Ridley Scott in his old age is just kind of... No one's really telling him what to do anymore, so he's free to just indulge in whatever he wants in. But uh, Alien Covenant looked generally bad, genuinely bad, and I dis I strongly disliked the CGI Xenomorph um, in the trailers. I, again, I didn't see the movie, but I didn't like that CGI Xenomorph. That right there made me go, I will never watch this movie. I thought the first ver Alien vs. Predator movie was alright, but then again, I also liked Predator 2. But that being said, uh, yeah, I just I just don't think there should be... I just don't think there should be Alien sequels. That's, that's all. That's it, and that's all about that. Anyway, that's all I wanted to talk about this week. Um, there's probably more things I could touch on and talk about, like, you know, actual real-life situations. You know, like, especially regarding the coronavirus. But, at this point, I'm just so burnt out by 24-7 news coverage. <sighs> I gotta, I gotta go, like, lay down. I gotta turn all my phones and TVs off. I gotta put in earplugs and just shut the world out sometimes. Um, I've been invited to go to some of the protests here in Rhode Island, where I live, but I'm just not a protest person anymore. You know, you catch me even three years ago, I would have done it, but now, now I, I'd rather just donate, donate money. I'm not interested in getting, I'm not interested in getting hurt. I'm not interested in getting rubber bulleted or tear gassed or possibly, you know, which probably won't happen in Rhode, in Rhode Island, but I mean, you never know. The cops, they just, they're just more interested in acting like tough guys than they are in actually helping anyone, so. Yeah. But, yeah, if there's any, if there's any donation, if there's any charities that I could donate to, if there's any, if there's any thing like that that you think I could do to help, um, please send it my way. I feel, I just hope everybody on the front lines of the protests, I hope everybody getting in the action, everybody, you know, who's part of this moment of history, I just hope that we're not losing sight of the woods or the trees or however that fucking archaic phrase goes. I just, I hope that... Everybody's keeping the right thing in mind. You know, peace and love. And I don't want to say equality because white people have been on top for a disproportionately long amount of time. So the only way to truly be equal would be to put white people and anybody who looks white underfoot for about the next 400 years. So, I mean, if that's the way it's got to go, I'm fine with that. That's just history. And if you're caught up in it, you're caught up in it. Ask Jewish people how that goes. Ask them if they've ever been treated well at any point in history. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes you just gotta take one for the team. Sometimes, sometimes your whole team is gonna take an L. And white people, 
You gotta take an L soon. You know, so quit fucking around and start doing the right thing. I, I, um, I didn't do that on purpose. That just happened. So I'm gonna leave it there. Million ex-girlfriends, Juan Sanchez. Um, just take care of yourselves, please. Um, and don't forget to love one another. Peace.